This is sort of a special episode of the Fancy Scientist podcast. I received an invitation to help a student answer some questions about careers in wildlife biology. So I thought it would be a fun idea to answer those questions on the air and let other people benefit from the answers. This is a really strange career, and the expectations of what a wildlife biologist is and what we actually do are are pretty different. Um, so I'll probably be talking about this a lot more often. If you follow me on YouTube, you'll see I have quite a few YouTube videos about becoming a wildlife biologist and some of the major questions that people ask about it. But there's quite a few different questions here that... I've never answered before, so this will be fun. I am also writing a book on becoming a wildlife biologist based on all of the advice I've learned throughout the years, and more importantly, what I've learned from my own experience of being on the job market. In this book, you'll hear all about the jobs I interviewed for and why I didn't get them, how competitive the field is, what I wish I would have done in research in retrospect to land a job in wildlife biology. Some strategies for you guys. I am actually in a career transition right now. I have just transitioned. I decided to not make research the main part of my career anymore, but do science communication, which is the reason why I have this podcast. I originally became a wildlife biologist because I was passionate about wildlife conservation. And I've realized through my years in science that so many conservation problems can be solved by talking to people and getting people more aware of the problems and getting them to change their behaviors and make better consumer decisions. Okay, so let's get started answering the questions. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. Okay, so let's get started answering the questions. The first question is, in your job, what kinds of things do you do on a daily basis? What is the ultimate goal each day? I'm going to answer these questions from being a research wildlife biologist, and this is what I was mostly doing at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. The things that we do on a daily basis, honestly, a lot of it is reading, writing, analyzing data. Really, the goal of research wildlife biologists is to answer scientific questions. And depending on where you work at, those questions might be theoretical, so advancing scientific knowledge for the sake of it, or they might be more applied, such as working on uh, conservation issues. Our work at the museum was more theoretical, and I had several main priorities. The ultimate goal overall of my job was to integrate the citizen science camera trapping research we were doing 
into middle school classrooms. I was hired as part of a grant, and this was the specific purpose of the project. So we were supposed to work with teachers to get them to incorporate our research, aligning to state standards, and getting students to collect robust data that could be used in real scientific publications. That was the ultimate goal of our project. So in doing that, there are a lot of daily activities like corresponding with the teachers, co-writing lesson plans with the teachers, doing data management, data oversight. A lot of people think that wildlife biologists are outside all the time. I actually was hardly ever outside. Now, part of this is because our project is citizen science-based, in the case of the schools, we had this the students and teachers set up camera traps at their schools. But this is actually true a lot in, in wildlife biology. As technology is taking over, we are now putting sensors on animals or having sensors in the forest like camera traps. And we're not really in the forest as much. We're letting those uh, data collectors do their work. And then our job is about analyzing the results, interpreting them, and writing them up. So in addition to those data management and working with the teachers, that's how I spent the rest of my time is going over the data, so doing quality control. I would expert review animals, which means I would look over all of the camera trap photos collected by the students, make sure their identifications are correct, aggregate the data and analyze it in such a way to answer the scientific questions that we had, and then write up a manuscript to submit to a scientific journal where ultimately the goal is to have that be published. And that is how science works. We share our results through these peer-reviewed publications, and we build upon each other's research. That was a long answer for question number one, but even that was a short answer. (laughs) Number two, what is your favorite part about your job? I would have to say, honestly, I love looking at the animal photos. I really don't ever get sick of it. Maybe if it's in, I have looked at a lot of North Carolina photos, so maybe if it's in North Carolina, sometimes I get a little bit bored. If it's on a trail and there's lots of people, then I get bored. But honestly, I just think it's so much fun to see what they're up to, even for common species. And then the other part I really like about my job is traveling and talking to people about my research, and which is why I've transitioned to science communication full-time, because I really love talking to people about the importance of this research, the importance of these animals. Number three, what, what are aspects about the job that are most difficult, stressful, or overall downsides to the job? that most people do not know about. There are a lot. (laughs) I don't want to sound pessimistic, but being a scientist is really difficult and it is really stressful. In my field, there's a lot of competition for jobs. That's something that I was not prepared about or not prepared for. There are just few jobs available and so many people competing for them. In science in general, I would say... The lack of funding is a difficult issue. We need money to conduct our research. 
And whether that's buying supplies like camera traps, it's also like funding our salaries. We need to, I mean, we need to make money so we can eat, have homes. And I tried to fund my own projects by writing grants. And it was really hard to find grants that would be willing to fund salaries. Really, the only ones would be National Science Foundation grants. And even those, it got tricky with me not having a permanent employee, um, a permanent status at the museum. Stressful things are, we just always have a lot of work to do. You can never go fast enough. Just people always want you to get your studies out, your papers out. So you can always be writing, always be um, working on the next thing. Number four, in what capacity do you collaborate with other colleagues? A lot. I collaborate on pretty much everything that I do. I did try to write one paper by myself, but it didn't work. It got rejected. And I haven't revisited since then. Actually, I tried to work with other people on it, but we all got busy and we just haven't finished it. But all of my studies, all of my papers have at least three, four other people, sometimes as big as like you know, teams of 14. One of the papers I was on, maybe what is there, 20, 30 names on it. So science is highly collaborative. You work with a team of people who help you collect, analyze the data, write up the paper, oversee the whole scientific um, study design, and help you interpret the results. All of that is usually done with the help of your advisor and other colleagues or your boss. And, um, of course, the other projects where I was working with teachers were very collaborative in their classrooms. What is the relationship like between you and your boss? If you are the boss or do not have a boss, what are your goals for employee morale? Okay, I was, well, I did actually have kind of employees. I had one intern that was paid at one point, and then I've had a lot of volunteers in my lab. So the relationship between you and your boss is... At the postdoc stage is really you are essentially in charge of your own research projects, but it's in line with your boss's research. So usually you are there to work on a specific aspect of his research, but you can also design your own studies within it. So it's kind of like being independent, but you're also there for a specific purpose. It's a little bit of both, but you are much more on your own than your PhD. And even on your PhD, you're on your own a lot. Really, so much of your PhD is figuring out how to do things on your own. Because science is advancing so quickly, your advisor might not know how to do, or honestly probably doesn't know how to do the analysis that you're doing Statistics has really become a lot more complex over the past few years with increased computing powers. And yeah, advisors just don't necessarily know how to do that. So you're going to be learning a lot of things on your own. But but yeah, we write papers together. We come up with ideas together. I came up some of with some of my own ideas and I started my own research projects from that. For employees, for my volunteers, we usually come in with them working on a specific project. 
I love to invite my my volunteers to be co-authors on papers if they put in enough work into the project. And usually this is a lot of data analysis, data management, and or writing. So those are those are kind of like the goals that I like to set for themselves, that this is something that will definitely help them in their career and will help them grow as a scientist. And it's really a great opportunity for them. I was offered it when I graduated from college, and I was really grateful for that opportunity. Number six, in your opinion, what is the best avenue to becoming qualified for the job in your career? What steps did you take to be a competitive candidate for your field? Bachelors, graduate school, et cetera. I'm writing a whole book on this. <laughs> it really depends on what you want to to be when you grow up, what you want your final job to be. If you really want anything in research, you need a bachelor's and probably a master's. PhD, you have to be careful because you might overqualify yourself for some jobs. But really, it depends on the kind of job that you want in this field. But I would say most require a master's. Bachelor's definitely. I do know people who have permanent jobs with bachelor's degree, but it required a lot of networking, a lot of traveling around in temporary positions. You definitely need internships, you, or not internships, but experience. And you might have to work for years doing temporary positions before you land a permanent job if you have a bachelor's degree. Christina Lynn has a YouTube channel, and she has some really great advice on this, too. Okay, the next one, what kinds of benefits, perks come with a career, healthcare, retirement, rewards, travel, bonuses? This field does not pay that well. That's the first thing you need to know about this field. Uh, compared to other careers, compared to my husband's career in electrical engineering, it definitely does not pay well. I would say most permanent jobs come with healthcare, retirement, we do get to travel a lot, but this does depend on what kind of scientist you are, who you're working for. A lot of scientists have to find their own travel money, too. So you have to have grants, be awarded grants, and then that's usually where their travel comes from. So it's not necessarily from the institution itself, but you likely have more flexibility to travel we definitely don't get end-of-the-year bonuses or quarterly bonuses, at least at least the people I know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in other institutions. But, but yeah, I haven't heard about that in science. What kind of upward mobility is available in your job? How much room is there to grow in the career and take on different positions? It really depends on where you are, who you work for. For example, with my last job at the museum, if you want to stay in the research arena, there's not a lot of upward mobility unless some of the higher level research scientists retire or move. And if they do, after that, there's not a lot of upward mobility unless you want to change your focus to be more in uh, administrative role. So assistant director or executive director which then takes you more out of a research focus. But it really depends on where you're working. You can always switch 
your job to another institution and move up that way. So I would say there there is a lot of room to move up, but you might have to change your jobs completely to do so. How long did it take you to get to where you wanted to be in your career? What did it look like to get to where you are in your career? This is a long story. Oh, and then it has two sub-questions. Promotions or raises, new job positions within your company or at different companies. So I might save this story for another time because this is kind of its own story in itself. But I went into this career accidentally. I wanted to become an actress, but... My brother recommended that I study abroad, and that's how I found a wildlife management program. And I really didn't even know what that was. I just went to it because it seemed like a fun study abroad program, and this was in Kenya. But that's really where I learned about careers in wildlife biology. After I did study abroad, I volunteered in labs, and I had three different internships, Then I went to graduate school to get my PhD, and then I had two postdocs, and that brings me to today. So those are all the experiences that led me to where I am. Maybe another time I'll do the full story of just how I'm totally an unexpected person to be in this field. I'm not a traditional scientist by any means. My parents didn't even go to college. What should someone who is looking into your career know before getting into the field? They need to read my blog post, FAQs on wildlife biology. They need to know what wildlife biology is. A lot of people think that we are handling animals, that we are rehabbing animals. We are not. You have to love science. And science is not memorizing facts like you're taught in school. It is figuring out answers to questions that have never been answered before. So you have to be comfortable with not knowing the answers to things, to figuring them out. And that's really different from school because in school you're kind of always tested on what is the right answer and you know, your knowledge, how well you know the material. But in science, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And nature is almost never clear cut. So there's going to be a lot of murkiness in your results. So if you need to be close to animals, to to handle animals, then you should really go into a job that has to deal with animal rehabilitation, sanctuaries, or zookeeping. Our field is for studying animals, and with technology changing, a lot of that studying animals uh, means we're not even in the field anymore. Like I mentioned, we now have sensors that we can put on animals that stay on these animals for a really long time. So even if you are doing a study that requires the capture of an animal to attach these sensors, the actual capture time might be a couple of days out of the year, and the rest of the time you're in the office dealing with the data and writing up the results. So if you really need to see animals on a daily basis or be outside, be careful what you do in this career because some degrees can overqualify you. If you want to be outside, I usually typically recommend that people get a bachelor's or a master's degree and stop there. 
Because honestly, once you get a PhD, so much of your time is spent inside writing papers and analyzing data. If I were to pursue this career, what advice would you have for me? I would say the same thing, to really research this career, to talk to people who have been in this career, to get my book and read it. There's another book on wildlife biology careers. I think it's become, it's called Becoming a Wildlife Professional. I'll put the link in the show notes to this. That gives a pretty good um, background of it. If you can, maybe attend a scientific conference so you can see what it's like. But I just find that people's perceptions of wildlife biology and what it's like to be a wildlife biologist are so different from what it actually is. So really have a good understanding of what it is before you get into it. Oh, and also this this is the most important, actually. Read the job boards now. Get a sense of what jobs are available, how often they are offered, what they actually do. Like, I hear people say that they want to be, I just saw this the other day, a primate biologist or a carnivore biologist. Those are two of the most competitive areas in wildlife biology. Uh, I'm assuming they're saying large carnivore, but it could be small carnivore. But but large carnivore is definitely really competitive. So go on the job boards. Do this for the next three, six months, even a year. Check every week and see how often jobs like those come up. It's not often. And again, if you're a carnivore biologist, you're probably going to be setting up camera traps and you're probably not even going to be setting up the camera traps. You're probably going to have field assistants to do that and field assistants to go through the data. And then your job is really going to be to analyze the data to understand what those wolves are doing, what the mountain lions are doing, and why. It's going to be a lot of statistics and a lot of reading and writing. Is there anything else you think I should know if I were to commit to this job? I think I mostly said everything. I would just really understand what the jobs are. And it might be that you actually want a job tangential to wildlife biology, and that can still have an impact. For example, I always really wanted to work work in a nonprofit. But once I was on the job market and looking at the jobs in nonprofits, Honestly, so many of them were in marketing, development, fundraising. So if your real goal is to conserve wildlife and health conservation, maybe you would do better work and be even happier doing things like fundraising than you would be a wildlife biologist or research wildlife biologist. So I would keep that in mind is look at jobs that are tangential to this field before you go into it. Another thing I would suggest that you do is to read the scientific literature if you want to become a research biologist, because this is our bread and butter. This is how we learn about science, how we communicate science. And I actually just came out with a YouTube video on how you can access the scientific literature for free, three ways to do this. So start reading some science papers. It's okay if you don't understand them, but at least see if this is something that you would like doing because this is what we do all the time as a scientist. And if the idea of reading these dense papers bores you, then you're not going to like this job. 
And also ask yourself, do you really like finding out the answers to things? Like, do you just like being around mountain lions and being around animals in general or being outdoors in general? Or do you really want to understand why mountain lions move the way they do? Why they're avoiding certain kinds of areas? So are you like genuinely really interested in primates or do you just want to be around primates like do you want are you happy being at a zoo taking care of the monkeys there or do you really need to understand why the males are acting that way why the females are responding that way or what types of foods they have how they respond to x how they respond to y you really have to in order to become a wildlife biologist you really have to have a drive for finding out the answers to things. You're going to have to have a real love of that. And just try it out by looking at animals, looking at your environment, and seeing what types of questions you can come up with. And just see if that's really a passion of yours. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up now. And thank you, Kalandra, for these questions. But if you guys have any more questions, just let me know. I'm happy to do more pop-up episodes like this. Thank you. And I hope you have an amazing day. <laughs> <laughs>